Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT because we are here to help you get that project done around your house. You're working outside this weekend? It's a beautiful weekend. Lots of time to get things done. Summer is just about here. It's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. So why not do it once? Do it right so you won't have to do it again and get out right now and tackle that project that's on your to-do list. Hey, if one of those projects is to do some pint-sized decorating for hmm. your kids' rooms, we got some tips these this hour because we've got decorating ideas for big ways to spruce up the little kids' room in your house. And the most important thing to remember organization. We're going to have some smart design ideas to help with all that in just a bit. Plus, we'll also find out how to keep kids safe outside of your home. We're going to teach you the best playground surface materials and how to make sure that you've got proper coverage in just a bit. And this hour, we're giving away a 170-piece mechanics tool set from Stanley to one caller who has the courage, the fortitude, (laughs) The determination to pick up the phone and call us with their home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. It's worth a hundred bucks, and it's actually one of the suggestions in our Father's Day gift guide. So give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit with your home improvement question for your chance to win eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to it, Leslie. Who's first? Greg in Colorado Springs. You've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have an outside garage refrigerator. Okay. And when it's cold outside, obviously below freezing, it freezes everything inside the refrigerator. So you want to know how to warm up your refrigerator, huh? <laughs> well, not necessarily, but if there's a quick fix, maybe. Well, there's not a quick fix. The problem here is with the refrigeration cycle. Now, a normal refrigerator is not designed to work at extreme temperatures, either extreme hot or extreme cold. A refrigerator is designed to work in room temperature. And when you get super hot and super cold, it does odd things like freeze. There are, however, special appliances that are designed to work in an unheated or unconditioned space, probably the most famous of which are made by the Whirlpool Company under the brand name Gladiator. There's two products. There's the Chillerator and the refrigerator convertible refrigerator freezer. The chillerator is just a garage refrigerator and the freezerator basically gives you two compartments that are actually reversible. One can be the refrigerator, one can be the freezer, or you could flip them. They're not inexpensive, but they do work and they do work very well and they're extremely well made. Well, I appreciate that. So you can't like leave a light bulb on them or anything like that that makes sense. No, because you're dealing with an appliance that's just not designed to work in an unconditioned space. Even though, you know, many of us have refrigerators in our garage that are sort of our old refrigerator, they're just not designed to work there. The refrigeration cycle isn't cut out for it. Well, I appreciate your help, and thanks for taking the call. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Nancy in Nebraska, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Hi. Uh, we are wondering about hot water heaters. Okay. okay. We, we live in a ranch-style home, and our bedrooms and bathrooms are on one end of the house where the hot water heater is in, down in the basement, and our kitchen 
and laundry is on the other end of the house, about 50, 50 feet between. Um, our hot water heater is about 15 years old, so we're probably going to have to replace it anyway. Mm-hmm. But our problem is mainly to get hot water in the kitchen, we have to leave it run for like five minutes. Oh, wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. halfway through doing the dishes to do some rinsing, the water's cold. Yeah. Well, the solution here is to shorten the distance between the water heater and the uh, the kitchen. And one way to do that is to split the single zone hot water system that you have into two zones and add a tankless water heater nearer to the kitchen. Put because a tankless, tankless hot water heater near the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, near the kitchen, yep. Okay. They're, they're very small. They're very powerful. They take up very little space. Mm-hmm. And if you do it before the end of the year, you can get a tax credit because they're very energy efficient as well. Okay. So how about the hot water heater down by the by the bathrooms and, you know, where we take our showers? You could add a second tankless water heater to that location as well. I mean, you're oh. definitely going to have to replace your existing water heater because you said it's 15 years old. That's correct. And, you know, mm-hmm. generally the lifespan is 10 years-ish, yeah. if you're lucky, 7 to 10 years. So you, you've done very well. <laughs> so I would take advantage of the tax credits and replace that one and then definitely add the secondary one. You can go tankless for both, but definitely tankless for the additional. Okay. So could they both, could they be short, uh, smaller tankless ones or do you need... Yeah. You would size them for the number of fixtures that they're handling. Uh-huh. Uh, it's this way you'd have one that's just the right size. It's not going to waste any gas. But a tankless water heater would be the the hot ticket today because it only operates when it when it, you need water, and it essentially supplies an, an an unlimited amount of hot water. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I think that that should do it. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, well, it's just about time when the kids are off school for the summer. Don't let them out on the street. Keep them busy at home doing home improvement projects. Make that much easier (laughs) when you're doing the makeover of their very own room. We'll share some tips to get that project done after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should pick up the phone right now and call us with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit because this hour we're giving away a 170-piece mechanics tool set from Stanley. And I've got to tell you, I've got one of these. I take it with me everywhere. Now, occasionally I get asked to head off and do the home improvement project, usually for the Boy Scouts or something of that nature, and I've got to pack some tools. I always grab my mechanics tool set from Stanley because it's totally compact and it's easy to take with me and it's got everything I need for anything I might run into. I mean, this has got extension bars, it's got spark plug sockets, it's got bits, it's got hex keys, it's got wrenches, you name it. The set has a polished chrome finish to prevent corrosion, a lifetime warranty, and it comes in a very durable carry case. The prize is worth 100 bucks, and it is one of the great gift ideas we've featured in our online Father's Day gift guide. A dozen dandy gifts for handy dads online right now at moneypit.com. And one set going out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. 
That's right. Well, your home improvement projects don't just have to be limited to you and the mister or you and the missus. You can also think about your kids. Now, when you're making over a kid's room, it truly can make a huge difference in everything from your kid's sleeping habits to their study skills. So here's a few ideas to make sure that your child space is comfortable and fun. First of all, if you've got little, little kids, you want to make sure that you keep things at their height because, you know, closet storage, benches, even coat racks, they're actually going to get used if you're your kids can reach them and get to them easily, they're not going to be like, well, I couldn't reach it, so I didn't put it away. If you put it where they can, they might actually get in the habit of putting things where they go. Now, you can also use glow-in-the-dark paint. You can find it at most craft or even hobby stores, and that you can use to decorate the walls or the ceiling, and this will really get them excited about turning out the lights at night. And now, removable wall transfers are super affordable. I mean, even more so than ever. So you can think of them as temporary wall tattoos and just go to town. They're easy to change and they're easy to remove. Absolutely. And kids are collectors, so you want to use things like pegboard or peel-and-stick cork or galvanized metal sheets for hanging or sticking hats, baseball cards, or photos. You know, with a little imagination and your child's input, you will create a room that they will really love to relax, to play, and to study in. And you know what else is really helpful, Leslie? Magnetic paint. Mm-hmm. It That's really cool is. stuff. Yeah. It's really heavy when you buy it at the <laughs> store, but it basically has iron fibers mixed into it. And once you paint the walls with magnetic paint, you can hang stuff right to the walls and you don't need to hang up uh, even a cork board. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure if you do use the magnetic paint that you stir it quite often as you're using it because the, the things that make it magnetic sort of settles down to the bottom right. of the paint. So this way it spreads out evenly as you're working on your project. 888-666-3974. Call us with your home improvement project. We are here to help. Mike in Missouri has a house that's over 100 years old and is spending a ton of money on heating. Tell us about it. Well, I tell you what, I have a house that was built in uh, 1895. Uh, that's the best I could do. I think it's actually a little bit older. But uh, my house is pretty two-story, about 3,500 square feet. I have three furnaces and three air conditioners that uh, I used to uh, cool and heat the house. And, I mean, what we do, you know, we put plastic over the over the windows. We put draft things underneath the doors. And our, our heating bills, uh, especially in, in cooling bills in the, in the peak seasons, are just outrageous. And um, I'm thinking about adding some more insulation up in the attic, but I don't know what else I can do to, to – uh, I mean, I feel like I'm putting the uh, utility company's uh, kids through college. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I hear you. So. Well, I tell you what, and the problem is here, Mike, you're doing the same thing that, that so many people do in this country, and that is they guess at what they think the energy-efficient improvement is that they need. There's a way not to guess, and it's called a home energy audit. And in your situation, it would be very wise for you to invest a little bit of money in this. Now, there may even be some uh, some TARP money out there to help pay for this, because I know that in our state, uh, the homeowner pays about 100 bucks, and the, the state pays another $300 to the auditor to get this whole thing done. It's a pretty comprehensive process. It involves checking on not only insulation and, and doors and windows and things like that, but even doing what's called a blower door test, which can check how drafty your house is. What you need is a comprehensive assessment so that you know what are the biggest, weakest links in terms of energy efficiency in your house. And then you can direct your dollars to attack the biggest one first and, and work down the list that way. That sounds about the right way. What I need, to, what steps I need to take to get this resolved. 
You know, home energy audit can actually help make you a much smarter investor in the energy efficient upgrades of your house because it's very sophisticated. You can even predict return on investment so that you'll know if you spend $500 on insulation, how long it's going to take to make that money back. So that's where I would start. I'd contact your utility company to begin with, see if they have a home energy audit program. And if not, hire a private home energy auditor that's not too expensive, and you're going to get a very comprehensive report that's going to tell you what you need to do to make your home more energy efficient, save yourself some money, and be more comfortable at the same time. Exactly what I'm going to do. I'll call them tomorrow. All right, Mike. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. And tell those utility guys that their kids need to get a scholarship. <laughs> Good point. Laura in Texas has a window question. What can we do for you? Yes, we have a thirty-year-old home, and we're contemplating replacing and putting in double-pane windows. Okay. But we have three big. Uh, leaded glass windows across the front that we hate to lose because they really match the Tudor style of our house. Hmm. Okay. Do you have any ideas on making them more energy efficient? Well, what you could put in is an interior storm window, mm. and and that's something that you can only have up you know in the colder months. It has to be custom made for that space, but that will make them a little bit more energy efficient. I don't know that you'd be able to qualify for the federal energy tax credits for that. Because but for would the a other storm windows, window be, you know, an energy, be considered an energy efficient addition? Yeah, but those other windows probably would qualify. And so now's a good time to, go, to do this. For 2009, 2010, you can qualify for uh, that 30% uh, tax credit. So I would definitely look into that. In fact, we just uh, wrote a, uh, a bonus chapter for our book, My Home, My Money Pit, that's available for free online. There's a download there. Uh, for the replacement window guide. It's called Your Complete Replacement Window Guide. It's available for free right now at moneypit.com. So you might want to take a look at that because it does have a lot of detail in there on how to size the windows and the options and that sort of thing. Oh, that would be a great help. Yeah, it's, it's, it's online right now. Just go to moneypit.com and click on the free window uh, replacement guide. Oh, I'll do that. Thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Scott in Wisconsin, welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I have a noisy sump pump. Uh, when it's when it shuts off, it makes a banging sound four to eight times. And huh. I've uh, insulated the pipes and isolated them from sound. The sound's coming from the check valve. Apparently, the check valve closes, and it must open and close about four to eight times. Have you tried different sump pumps? Does it do the same thing? Yes, I do have a long run. Um, I'm about eight feet up basement height, and then about 40 feet across the basement. And my rough thought is that once that water gets moving, it doesn't want to stop. <laughs> Have you, uh, do you get more water, Scott, after a heavy rain? Oh, definitely. And uh, I used to run two pumps on this water line, but last summer we were flooded out, so I separated okay. the pumps. So I'm running two three-quarter horse pumps in a well okay. now. Okay, so listen, Scott, good news. If your basement is getting more wet, if the pumps are running more frequently after a heavy rain, then there is something that you can do to reduce the amount of water that's getting down there and partially make this problem go away. I would concentrate on reducing and improving that the grading and the drainage at the perimeter and that's going to reduce the amount of time that the sump pump's going to need to work. It's going to save you all that electrical cost of running it. And, uh, Scott, if you go to our website at moneypit.com, search wet basement, you're going to find a ton of information on this problem. 
and how to fix the drainage. And I think you'll get this under control in a fairly short period of time. I'll look at that. Scott, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Royce in Texas is calling in with a brick question. What can we help you with? Yes, I, my brick, I have my house is on pier and beam, and it's shifting, and I have some small cracks in the brick, like half inch to uh, oh, three quarter inch wide in some spots. And I was wondering the best way to seal those, if mortar mix would be a good way to seal, or if I should use something else. So, cracks in the brick are generally repairable with silicone caulk. Uh, you don't want to use mortar because if you do, what's going to happen is the mortar will freeze and fall out. If you have any type of damage to masonry, you generally want to use a silicone caulk or uh, an epoxy patching compound if it's big enough and you can trowel it in. Okay, an epoxy patching compound. That's mm-hmm. right, an epoxy compound. You can buy that at a home center or hardware store. It's called EPOXY? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's what sticks to concrete or brick and will be permanent and won't fall out. Oh, okay. And you just put that in like with a trowel or something? That's correct, Royce. Oh, okay. All right. All right, but if it's just a hairline crack or maybe open an eighth of an inch, I would just caulk that and use silicone for that. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Royce. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Marion, Wisconsin is joining us on the Money Pit to talk about venting in the kitchen. How can we help you today? Um, I remodeled my kitchen three or four years ago, and okay. every winter it gets very cold here. And so the if I open that microwave above the stove, and there's also the um, um, the fan. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. exhaust fan to the outside, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I open the door. It's left. If I open the door to the outside, it huh. wow. Yeah, there's supposed there. to be a, a damper on the outside of the exhaust vent door that seals shut. Damper, okay. Yes, and it's it's almost has like a weather stripping kind of thing on it. And if it's not sealed right, or if it's stuck in the open position, it will feel like you've opened the door to the outside because you have That's opened the door doing. to the outside. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I would take a look should... outside the house, Mary. You know, maybe you get somebody to turn the fan on and off, go outside the house and see if you can see that damper opening and closing and sealing tightly. Sometimes the springs get weak and they just sort of get lazy and sort of flop open. Mm-hmm, and not close completely. Well, it's vented into the ceiling. I mean, this is the side with the garage on it. Well, where, well but it has to exhaust somewhere. And wherever it's exhausting is where I think that you may be getting the cold air in. Okay. okay? So find out where it's exhausting. And take a look there. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Up next, are you getting ready to fire up your gas grill or perhaps your gas heater or even your camping stove? Well, before you use any of that portable propane equipment, you want to make sure that it is safe. Even if it worked well last summer, it doesn't mean it will work properly this time. We've got an expert standing by with tips on how to do just that after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And this is the time of year when you need to get your propane equipment ready to rock and roll. If you've not been cooking regularly outside, we know that you will be any day now. But before you fire up any of your propane-fueled appliances, you need to take a few minutes to make sure that they are safe and good to go. That's right. So here to tell us about that is Stuart Flato, the VP of Safety and Training at the Propane Education and Research Council. Welcome, Stuart. Well, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time to talk with us about this important topic. And I think propane is something that you figure if it worked last year, it's probably going to work this year. But there's a lot of things that can go wrong uh, in that uh, sort of nine months of downtime or, or less, depending on how frequently you use your propane equipment. So what's the first thing that someone should be doing uh, before they fire up, whether it's a grill or, or a propane heater or a lantern, for that matter, uh, for the season? Tom, that's a great question. And I think like any appliance that's been dormant for a while, you want to take a look at it uh, well before you're planning on using it. For propane grill, you know, cleanliness, maintenance, uh, check the cooking grid, the warming rack, uh, make sure they're in their proper place, they're not broken, they're clean, they're not, they're not rusted, uh, make sure the burner uh, is intact, uh, that it's, it's, it's in its proper place uh, per manufacturer's instruction. And you could use, you know, one of those wire uh, brushes to, you know, scrape, remove any uh, uh, built-up food. And... Uh, when you're ready to light the grill, if you want to light it as a, you know, as a test to make sure that it's working and you have propane, uh, always remember to light it uh, with the top open, uh, which sounds, uh, you know, like anyone would do that. Uh, but even for electronic ignition, uh, make sure the top is open and make sure it stays open until you're sure that the grill is lit. Now, that's a good point because I think uh, if it's windy, people tend to want to close the top because mm-hmm. they feel like it's going to blow out or something like that. But frankly, if, you're, if your pilot or your electronic condition is that weak, then, then therein lies the, the need uh, for the repair. We're talking to Stuart Flato. He's the Vice President of Safety and Training for the Propane Education and Research Council about what you need to do to get your propane gear ready to go for a, a safe summer of fun with that equipment. Stuart, you talked about the uh, outdoor grills uh, and the burners. I want to make uh, mention uh, of a little story that I had one time I was helping a friend with a grill that had been down for a while and uh, discovered the uh, miracle of the little Venturi brush and how important that can be. That, of course, is that brush that comes with the gas grill when you buy it that kind of looks like a pipe cleaner with some bristles stuck on the end of it. And uh, we discovered that there were a couple of very, very subtle but important spider webs that love to form inside <laughs> of that those two pipes, and that can actually cause quite a problem when you try to turn the grill on. Well, it can, and like any gas appliance, when you get some of that blockage, you're not going to get the clean burn that you want. You're not going to get that nice blue flame, and uh, that is going to impede, you know, your your grilling. And uh, you know, so you want to clean everything out when you turn it on. Make sure you get that uh, that nice blue flame. Look at the tank. Make sure it doesn't have any holes or dents or rust spots, cracks, uh, if, or if it's past its expiration date. If it has any of those things, get rid of it. Get a new tank. Now, you know what, Stuart? There's such a rise in popularity for other sort of propane appliances from outdoor heaters to fire pits. What kind of special maintenance do those need? Because I, it seems like everybody on my block's got something like that. Well, it's like anything else, you know. 
you always want to take a look at it, follow the manufacturer's instructions, clean it well, uh, give it a test run before it works. And even if you want, you know, once a year, have a qualified service technician come over, check it out, make sure everything is working, make sure there's no blockage so that, you know, the appliance is working the way you want it to work. Make sure it's away from uh, at least five feet away from the home, at least 10 feet away from combustible materials. I mean, like, you know, leaves and things of that sort that might gather uh, throughout the summer. Uh, pretty much common sense, common sense things. You know, it's interesting you say it's common sense, but, uh, but I was a not. home ins- well, I was a home inspector for 20 years, and oh, okay. on a regular basis, I would walk around the back of a house and see the very, very distinctive sort of halo melt pattern in vinyl siding that happened <laughs> the when grill. the grill was just a little bit too close to the ex- back exterior of a building, and, and that siding melts quite readily and deforms, and it doesn't have to you know, actually char. It's just the radiant heat causes it to fail quite quickly. So you're right. You've got to keep it well off the building. You've got to make sure that the hoses are clean that there's no cracks. Uh, a good way to test that, of course, is with soapy water, correct? Yep, ab- absolutely. Very simple. Uh, get a solution, 50-50 uh, mixture, if you will, of water and, you know, just, just plain old uh, detergent, you know, uh, dishwashing detergent. Brush it around all the connections with the uh, gas off, and if there are any bubbles forming, you may probably have a leak, and uh, if you do, get it replaced. You can do it yourself, do it by following manufacturing instructions, or have somebody else, a qualified person, uh, kind of help you out and replace it. Good point. Stuart Flato from the Propane Education and Research Council. Thanks for filling us in on those important safety tips for using propane. And if you want more information on how to stay safe with propane, maybe some maintenance tips to get your propane equipment ready, you can go to their website at usepropane.com. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you very much. A real pleasure. All right, well, still ahead, more safety tips for your outdoor enjoyment. Learn what playground surface materials are safest for your family, and more importantly, how much of it do you actually need? So stick around. Money Pit is brought to you by Fiberon Horizon Decking and their new tropical hardwood colors. Ensure your deck stays as beautiful as the rest of your home. Insist on Horizon Decking. To learn more, visit FiberonDecking.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT because this hour we're giving away a fantastic prize. We've got the 170-piece mechanics tool set from our friends at Stanley. Now, this set comes with everything pretty much that you could possibly ever need, including extension bars, spark plug sockets, bits, hex keys, which if you've ever put together IKEA furniture, you know you need, wrenches, you name it. It's in there, and the set has a polished chrome finish, so it's not going to corrode if you leave it outside, a lifetime warranty, and it all comes in a durable carry case, so when you call Tom to build your Boy Scouts project, <laughs> he can easily carry it over to your house. The prize is worth 100 bucks, and it's one of the great gift ideas that we've featured in our online Father's Day gift guide, a dozen dandy gifts for handy dads. So check that out at moneypit.com, and call with your home improvement question. Get on the air. Give us a call at one 888 Pit for your chance to win. 
888-666-3974. Well, with kids getting out of school quite soon, one of the projects that you might be working on this summer is a playground. And playgrounds should be safe places for kids, but the wrong surfaces can spell tragedy. So here's what you need to know. Playground surfaces made of asphalt are a dangerous thing of the past, but even grass can be too hard to prevent injury to kids. Today, what you want to look for are materials like mulch, sand, or this new recycled rubber surfacing Mm. material, which is really cool. It's a much safer alternative in the very likely event of a fall. You want to make sure that the fall zones around the swings, the slides, and the climbers have the deepest amount of these surface materials. Several inches is often recommended. Take a good look around not only your playground if you have one in your backyard, but also your neighborhood playgrounds. Make sure they are safe and good to go before you let the kids get on with that very important activity of playing in the playground. Of fun. Absolutely. Joe, when Iowa has a side in question, what can we do for you? I have a corner piece on my house that's broken, and I was wondering if uh, you knew of any way of replacing that corner piece without removing all the uh, siding. Hmm. This is vinyl siding? Vinyl siding, right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I tell you, I think that you could probably cut out that corner piece and sort of surgically extract it. Then with a flat bar, you could reach in underneath each each edge of the vinyl siding and make sure you loosen up the nails just with a flat bar. You reach under it, keep it flat, wiggle it back and forth, and just get them a little bit loose so that you have a little bit of room to work, right? And mm-hmm. then you could bend the corner and insert it under both sort of edges of the vinyl siding on both sides of the corner. I bet you could work it in. The thing is, the key is going to be to get rid of the nails that are in the way. Right, right. Okay. So cut out a little piece and just replace that little piece. Now, over, overlap the corners on it? Or? No, the cracked piece is, not, is, is obviously going to be replaced. So once you have the new piece in your hand, um, that would have been nailed in first. So you have to kind of cut out the old piece. And, and get all, get rid of all the nails, use a flat bar. But what I'm concerned about is the vinyl siding that's like sort of laying into that. If there's any nails that are close to the corner, you may have to pull those out or at least loosen them up because you don't want anything to obstruct it when you go to work the new piece in. And then you're going to basically get the corner underneath the vinyl siding on both sides of it. Right, right. You have to get creative on how you final nail it, but I think it definitely could be done. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much. You're very welcome, Joe. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Janice in North Carolina needs some help cleaning stainless steel. What are you working on? My kitchen sink. It's fairly new, and it looks terrible on the bottom. And I've tried the different special cleaners made for it, but they haven't seemed to work. When you say terrible, you mean you see like almost like scratches and circular patterns from maybe where you put a pot or a pan down? Yes, and rusty, kind of rusty. Well, the rust, that's what happens when you put dissimilar metals together for some time. I've accidentally done this in my own sink when I've taken a pan and, you know, maybe there was something baked on and I put water and dish detergent in it and then sat the pan in the bottom of the sink and left it overnight the next day i found like a square mark and rust from the two metals sitting together and that's because they're different metals the only thing that you can do there is use like a a brillo or very very fine steel wool and you want to sort of go in the grain of the steel you'll see that there's a grain to the stainless itself 
just because you want to get rid of that stain, that rust stain. And that generally works, but don't leave a pot or a pan in there that's not stainless steel overnight or for an extended amount of time because you're going to end up with that happening again. Okay. What about the other stains? Is there anything for that? You know, nothing, Janice. Even though the stainless steel is a very durable material, when you put a plate down and it's got that unfinished ceramic edge and then maybe put a couple more plates on top and then one twists and turns, you're going to end up with these sort of markations on it. And the stainless steel cleaners, I mean, they do a great job of cleaning the stainless and, you know, making the stains go away. It doesn't make the scratches go away. You know what I use is Barkeeper's Friend. It's a cleaner and a polish, and it works really, really well. We used it on our stainless steel sink, and, and now we use it on, on our uh, Corian sinks, too, and it really does a good job of cleaning it up. Okay, I'll try that. Give it a shot. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, some decorating projects, well, they can be a little bit tricky, especially if you're dealing with some of these unknown, inconsistent, uneven surfaces, like let's talk about maybe acoustic tile or textured ceiling. If that's you, we've got a tip to make painting those surfaces super easy. Coming up. Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, you know, Father's Day is not far off. And if you're like me, I never know what the heck to give my husband for Father's Day. So we've got a great story going on our website, moneypit.com. And we've got wonderful ideas in our online gift guide. It's called A Dozen Dandy Gifts for Your Handy Dad. Now, there are some great tools from Stanley Grilling Accessories and really cool garage storage ideas. Think out of the box you know you can get creative with these father's day gifts and it's all there for you at moneypit.com and while you're on moneypit.com you can email us by clicking on ask tom and leslie just like cliff did from tapan new york that's right cliff writes my kitchen has a hung ceiling it's old and dirty man i've never heard of one in a kitchen that's kind of yucky how do i paint old acoustic ceiling tiles and the grid and get a good job on it can i avoid Mm. taking them down and painting each one individually will they crack and break up they're at least 20 years old that's probably the worst ceiling surface for a kitchen i would guess and also, it's hard to paint them because it, you really don't have you can't get any pressure with a roller because they'll mm-hmm. sort of pop they'll up pop inside through. the track. I think the best thing to do is to actually take them down. Can you and take the grid out and spray it, or I is that a can, giant pain in the butt? No, you don't want to take the grid apart. That would be a huge a huge pain in the neck. What I would do is I would take the ceiling tiles down themselves. I would set them aside. I would prime them. That's going to be the key. You don't want to skip the primer step. So I would prime them. I think that you probably can use acrylic primer with this, like a Kills acrylic primer. Mm-hmm. That would probably work very well. In terms of the actual ceiling uh, grids themselves, those you can spray paint. That's not a lot of metal to paint. So probably with a half a dozen cans of, of spray paint, like a Krylon or a, a, a Rust-Oleum you know, product, you could probably spray paint those and have them look really sharp. And you might even want to think about doing a contrasting color. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be really fun in the kitchen. You know, it's really important, like Tom said, to prime because after years of cooking and the grease and the grime that get on those tiles, you want to make sure that that paint is going to stick and you really do need to prime. The primer is going to do that to give you the proper adhesion. And he's right with contrasting colors. I mean, you can go for something in like a honey tone for the grid work and then bright whites for the the ceiling tiles themselves. Think of something fun and look at your granite and your tile for inspiration, even your floor. It's a great project and it's going to make a huge difference. Hey, what's your excuse for not tackling that home improvement project on your to-do list? Is it that you just don't have enough time? Not going to cut it around here because we've got 30 different home maintenance projects listed in our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure that you can do in 30 minutes or less. Leslie's got one tip right now on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. And this is a super easy one that's pretty much going to take you five minutes or less. You know, now is the time to change your ceiling fan direction for summer use. Yes, you actually have to change the direction of your fan. You'll notice that there's a small reversing switch on the side of the motor on the fan itself. Now, in the summer, fans should pull the cooler air up from the floor, and in the winter, they should push the warmer air down from the ceiling, you know, downward onto you. Now, in my opinion, I think ceiling fan manufacturers should just put right next to the top or the bottom of the switch summer, winter, but you're kind of going to need to experiment. You know, check your up, fan, reverse the spin if necessary. Yeah, exactly. You know, check the fan, reverse the spin if necessary, and make sure you clean the blades of your fan because all that dust and yuck that builds up on them really does hinder its efficiency. So tidy up your fan, switch that button. You know, I personally always have to stand underneath it. I'm like, is it blowing on me? Is it blowing up? Once you figure it out, you'll see it really does make a difference per season. So easy home improvement, five minutes, done. Good tip. Coming up next week on The Money Pit, are loud and annoying sounds coming from inside your walls? Well, I know they come from the inside of my kids' bedrooms, but I I can't do much about that. But if they're coming from inside the walls, plumbing is often the culprit. And especially if you get that loud banging sound, which is known as water hammer. It's very annoying and can also be harmful to your pipes. Next week on the program, we're going to teach you how to make that go away for good. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.